Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook and today also sponsored by Chevalier Mortgage. I am your host, Rudo, joined as always by Hey Jay Hayfley. Chevalier Mortgage with Mike in Virginia has been at it for over 15 years and they're not only diehard Broncos fans, but been supporters of us here at DNVR for a long time as a husband and wife team in the financial services experience. You can visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win free DNVR merch, either a shirt or a hat, your choice. And more importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of their options. Again, you can go to dnvrmortgage.com or call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for you. Go to dnvrmortgage.com. At least get signed up to win some free DNVR merch. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the at least somewhat official divisional alignments here and how the Avs match up against most of the teams in that division. I agree with you, Brad. All I want for Christmas is NHL hockey as well. Fun fact. Did you know that Mariah Carey makes about $3 million on royalties from that song? Every I, single year. I did not, but I'm not surprised. I every year the meme of the like Google trends of that song starting on December first yeah. is like Psh! I love I love when somebody decides to to post it and they're like, it begins. And it's just like the slightest yeah. Of it. <laughs> yeah. So they know. But man, I wish I can make three million dollars of royalties off of one of these pods. That'd be crazy. Dude, I'm just like she should straight up just hand that she should have an annual contest where she just gives somebody that royalty check there you go the christmas royalty check competition or she should she should roll down to a homeless shelter and be like here split this up amongst yourselves restart your lives good luck there you go go get the help that you need you know as is the case with a lot of homeless people they they aren't they aren't lazy sums of bitches that didn't do something you know there's something usually just goes really horribly wrong in their lives yep so it'd be awesome if she was like royalty check problems are fixed right because money on that note the problem the (laughs) nhl has fixed is the divisional alignments Uh, obviously the canadian division was always the answer for those teams but for the avs it is the southwestern division i suppose geographically as as south and as west as you can be being the california teams las vegas arizona colorado dallas and instead of minnesota st louis being in that division um this is (laughs) There's an argument for one of the Eastern divisions as well, but I think this is probably the most stacked division of the four. Which one? The the one the Avs are in. Really? With St. Louis in it, I think there's a good argument for it. I don't. Really? I mean, not not at all. I think, I think the the Canadian division. um, I don't. I, I. I think Ottawa was the only like bad team in in the Canadian division, right? They, I, I don't think they have any super high end in the Canadian division either. That's though. that's where I think that their strength lies, though, is that in an eighty two game season, 
I think they have six teams that are probably 80, 80 point teams, but maybe none that are a hundred point teams. So its strength is in its mediocrity. I think the Colorado's division, I think is really good right at the top. Colorado and Vegas. That's tough to beat. But yeah, St. Louis and St. Louis and Dallas, I mean, we're going to talk about them. I think that's kind of a, a, a meh second tier. Um, but more so Dallas because, again, keep in mind, Dallas is without Ben Bishop and Tyler Sagan until maybe April. Like March, March, April-ish, depending on how their recoveries from surgery go. Those dudes had, like, major surgery. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they are not going to be there for a 56 game season they may they may miss half the regular season like that could cost Dallas a playoff spot if things don't go well for them without Tyler Sagan especially without Tyler Sagan Dallas might be a bottom of the barrel team in that division that is a huge loss for them so I'm I'm less concerned about Dallas I mean uh, it it will depend on what goaltending they get out of what they have of course but Sure, but then you look at that the 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 Boston, the Buffalo, New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers, uh, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Like Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington, and Boston alone, and then you have the Islanders who went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Got worse, definitely. Like no lie, they got worse. But that's a really strong division where you could make an argument for four or five teams winning that division. Again, though, the only team that I think is has been really high end over the past couple of years is Boston there. I mean, uh, if we're talking about getting worse, like you can kind of compare the Islanders to Dallas in that regard because Dallas made the cup finals last year. Sure, they have injuries, but... Mm-hmm. You know, if we're looking at previous performance, and I know Washington won the cup a, a few years before, but I this is why I I see Colorado and Vegas in the same division, and I go, there isn't quite a matchup like that anywhere else. I think I would take Boston over the yeah. Islanders every single time if I was betting on it. But yeah, well, and keep in mind, Boston also got worse. At the moment, they don't have Zdeno Chara, and they don't have Tori Krug. Uh, like, I don't know how much worse not having Chara makes them on the ice. I don't. Krug I don't either. Sure. I don't. I don't, even if even if Zdeno Chara was just a league average player at that point, who's replacing him? We don't. We don't know that they're going to get league average play out of the guy that takes his job. So they are at the moment. I think Boston's quite a bit worse. Um, I think the Islanders are quite a bit worse. The Rangers are going to be quite a bit better. Both Buffalo and New Jersey are going to be quite a bit better. So I think the bottom of that division is also going to be a lot more competitive than we've seen in recent years. Although I'm still not. New Jersey New Jersey will go as the kids go. If Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes take huge steps forward, they're going to be a whole lot more competitive. Yeah. Same thing with the Rangers. If Capo Caco starts to live up to that hype, that's a different look for them. All of a sudden, they're that much better. Um, the, you know, Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington, I think that those guys are all just going to keep on being rock solid teams. Uh, and then you look at the Canadian division, that, that entire division, except Ottawa, I think is, is full of like flawed, but decent teams. 
yeah. The problem I, is, is like they are the middle class of the NHL. Right. It's you, basically the Canadian division, and you then struggle Toronto to the see top. the potential for greatness in that division is the problem. But yeah, I think I. I mean, I think uh, I think TJ Brody will make them better. Uh, I think losing the 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 Barry experiment, um, missing you know, just moving on from that. I think that will make them better because they won't have a guy who's so clearly miscast. Uh, in their lineup, and then TJ Brody's a perfect fit for what they want to do. A couple people and, in the yeah, chat uh, talking about is temporary. Yeah, one hundred percent COVID this year only thing. And Seattle yeah. will come into the league in the following year. Hopefully, by then the COVID stuff is sorted out, and the divisions should be very, very simple to sort out. With Seattle jumping into the Pacific and Arizona coming to the the standard Central from last season. Right. The divisions will go back to normal next year with the additions that you just mentioned. Seattle yep. over there, Arizona over here, and that's that's where I think this the Avs division. I'm. I mean, this is where they're going to be able to eat greedy. You have a flawed. You have you have an injured Dallas team. You have a St. Louis team whose goal to, who may not have a good goaltender. We don't know. And then you have bottom feeders, Anaheim, L.A., San Jose, all teams that last year, I mean, the Avs have had trouble winning on California road trips last year. And they beat all those teams. Yep. So, you know, like, yeah, they're, I mean, this is, they were set up to be in a really soft division. And the St. Louis for Minnesota swap definitely makes it more competitive assuming it's the St. Louis we we're expecting to see. Right. I mean a couple of things here. Let's let's start at the bottom of the division. I don't think anyone's particularly worried about LA. No. Not yet. I don't think any certainly the Avs are not worried about Arizona after the bombing out of the playoffs they put on them. So Well, and they in no way did they can you make an argument that they got any better. Right. So the two teams at the bottom there, I think, not super worried about that. Where games where when the Avs play them, because the expectation is every team is only going to play in division for 56 games. Coming in thinking this shouldn't be an automatic win. Does it start with San Jose? Definitely. Okay. Well, I think San Jose has the most upside of these four bottom beating teams that we're talking about. Sure. Um, the only the 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 funny thing is San Jose's forward core is still pretty good, especially at the top. It's good, and then between Carlson and Burns, and I guess Vlasic. I mean, Vlasic's honestly been kind of bad for a couple of years. I mean, the problem with Vlasic is you're relying on him to do things defensively, so. Yeah, well, because he, he was never an offensive guy. Ever. But the rest of that lineup certainly has offensive firepower. Yeah, it definitely does. But their big question mark is goaltending. And then you look at Anaheim's lineup and you're like, if if a bunch of these kids have big breakouts this year, you know, if Troy Terry and Sonny Milano and Max Jones and Sam Steele and Isaac Lundestrom, if all of those guys, even half of those guys, take legitimate steps forward, they're going to be a lot more competitive, especially if John Gibson has the bounce back that everybody on earth expects that he's going to have. Yep. John Gibson alone makes them competitive at the start of a game. And if if he has the kind of if Gibson has the kind of year that he had last year, Anaheim's not a threat to anybody. 
No, no, nobody's going to be worried about Anaheim. Yep. If he's if he's the John Gibson that we all know and fear, Anaheim's a tough out. You're going to have to win two one. I I agree, but I also look at that forward core, and I'd be much more concerned about San Jose's than Anaheim's. Yes, you're right. In a in a perfect world for them, where everything goes right with their development, they could be scarier. But yeah, I mean, you know, Getzlaff is still a solid player. Silverberg, Raquel, like those guys are still good NHL players. The good, problem is, is that great. they're yeah. exactly they've lost the high end. The Getzlaff is no longer an elite center. Raquel is now is, is you know is he a 35 goal guy? Probably he has to not. be. You know, he has to be Silverberg. Is he, is he a high end two way guy? He has to be for them to be really, really competitive. Yep. Those guys just like floating along being like, yeah, they're solid. And they might put up 50 points because they play all the minutes and they get the situations, you know, that. Okay, great. But they are not going to, they don't have a knockout punch. And that's yep. the big thing that I'm not worried about with Anaheim, barring a major breakthrough from one of the kids. You know, we don't know what Trevor Zegras is going to give. And this is, uh, this again ties back into kind of the schedule, which we'll talk about in a second, because I do need to take our first period of break here and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of us here at DNVR. If you want to sip on a Christmas beer while you're listening to a, a little bit of All I Want for Christmas is Breck Brew. Uh, Christmas beer from them, absolutely delicious. Highly recommend it. You can also jump on dozens of flavors. No matter what type of beer you like, they have one for you. Go on the Breck Beer Locator online and find a local liquor store by you that has some Breck beer that you want to give a try. We also have DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Always giving y'all amazing deals all over the board, whether it be $1,000 when you sign up with a new account with code DNVR or a chance to earn triple the winnings off of UFC 256 coming up this weekend. Why not? Three to one odds on just about anything. So you can take a surefire bet and triple your money on it because that's just what DraftKings Sportsbook does. They also have amazing odds boosts on all sorts of different events that change every single day. You can bet on things that some people don't even consider sports, like Major League Eating, if you want to. Uh, that was a, an adventure watching the the Halloween candy competition a, a couple months ago. So really, really made me look at candy in a different way. Watching people just like stuff M and M's into their mouths and like with the water, so yeah, they go down the gullet right. faster. They just, just, just to like, put it down the back of their throat, and it's it was like, a little horrifying. I don't know if it's more or less concerning that none of them actually managed to eat all six pounds of candy. They didn't even come close. Yeah, I like, think only one guy got to the fourth pound. Yeah. So I also wonder like candy corn as the starter just is gum brutal. everything up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like with the M&Ms, they all handled the M&Ms like the pros that they are. They all blew <laughs> through the M&Ms. But it was like the Snickers. I think it was Snickers was the third one. Yeah. And like with all the, you know, the nuts Caramel and the caramel and, and all that, yeah. like it's, yeah. it's very like. And then the candy corn, you know, the candy. Like I like candy corn, but I bought two bags of candy corn for Halloween this year. And it took me four weeks to get through both of them. 
<laughs> and they 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 ate like four times that amount of candy corn in a minute Two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and it but, was just like and then and then the guy, the the favorite, Joey Chestnut, like, yeah, got blown out. Did not look like he handled the candy corn well at all. That guy might be a wood chipper when it comes to hot dogs, but candy corn is is his Achilles heel. So there you go. While you're feeling sick in the bathroom to the ridiculous amount of food, they at least be making some money with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that DNVR code to get that $1,000 sign-up bonus for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough restrictions. Apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings Sportsbook. The problem I see for these weaker teams in these divisions is the same thing we've been talking about for a couple days now, where we're expecting baseball-style series. And when you have a weaker team and a stronger team has the opportunity to pick you apart over a handful of games, your weaknesses usually get exposed pretty badly. So it's going to be a struggle, I think, for the bottom feeder teams, especially in in some of these stronger divisions. Um, that's why our focus is more on the Avs, Vegas, Dallas, and now St. Louis as well. Yeah, and yeah, I'm dis- I'm kind of dismissing Dallas out of hand for now. Right. If they're in the hunt when Sagan and Bishop get back, we can have that conversation. But definitely. But in, in I, I just don't. I I don't know how they handle it. I mean, Joe Pavelski, you know, pretend like he's twenty five again. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm. Yeah, that guy got moved off center a long time ago, and it's like. Now he might be the best option that they have. I don't. I don't know, man. I just think it's a tough. It's tough Definitely. sweating to see where they where they replace Tyler Sagan. Definitely it's funny because he was he was terrible in the in the postseason, but they don't. He was playing through all those injuries, in the right? Post-season. But they don't. They don't come within a mile of the playoffs without that guy. Yeah, for sure. He's still a threat on the ice, and it a big part of their top line was the one-two punch of Sagan and Ben. Uh, or their top six, anyway. But yeah, and well, and Ben Ben had that revival in the postseason. It's the best he's looked in three years. Yeah, exactly. If that's the Jamie Ben that they're going to get again during this season and moving forward, then they're absolutely going to be a handful. But if Jamie Ben goes back to being the relative non-factor that he has been the last couple of years, Dallas Dallas just they are they're 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 line between. They're a handful, and they're not even competitive with the top teams. Is extremely thin. Yep. It's they, despite what we saw in the series versus Colorado in the playoffs, when they're not going up against fourth and fifth string goalies, they're not a team that scores a lot of goals, especially without Tyler Sagan. Right. They got that. I mean, they were abnormally hot, like that Calgary series. And then obviously the Ab series, 
you have Pablo Franco's with uh, a hip injury. Can't the biggest thing that Pablo Franco's has going for him as a as a quality goaltender is his athleticism allows him to scramble around and be be competitive that way. He makes it work when his technique breaks down. With the hip injury and he can't he can't move the way that he's accustomed to. He had serious issues and we saw it. Pucks around his feet, pucks in pucks around the net. The guy just fell apart. I mean, how many goals did he give up where we were both just like just can't happen. Yeah. Dude. And it's not like like there were some goals where he got beat, you know, like a glove side or whatever. Um, and and like that's that's not an athleticism thing. That's just a guy getting beat. That's that's bad by him. But there were a lot of goals that he gave up that were that were cheapies. Yep. That if he's at a hundred percent, you feel confident he's not giving those up. And you know, that's not even you get into the Philip Grubauer conversation, who you and I both believe to be the superior goaltender. You know, like if they have Gruby. Yeah. They, they they have Gruby and Anton Kudobin has an 899 save percentage in that series. They probably win it in five games. Yeah. Like, uh, without rehashing uh, old wounds too much. Uh, yeah. Just the point is that, look, especially without Sagan, Dallas is not going to be winning high scoring hockey games. It, yeah. Where does the, where does the, oh my gosh, where does it come? They need, they need a massive step forward from Gurionov. Uh, Joel Kimi Ranta needs to be an actual NHL player and not a, not a one time thing. Yeah, yeah. Not a, not a trivia answer. True. He's got to be a real player. So it's, it, they have they have serious serious questions to answer, and the same the same is true of St. Louis. You know we we were pretty dismissive of Minnesota. They've got some nice young pieces. Um, Not there yet, though. You know, like Fiala is excited. He's just had his best year. They finally get uh, Kaprizov is over here, so we get to see is that guy for real? Because if that guy ends up being the next Artemi Panarin, Minnesota is going to be a problem. Like just outright, they're gonna be a problem, and they just don't, you know. But at the moment, they they don't have a number one center. It's either it's either Nick Benino or Marcus Johansson. Which neither of those are good problematic. options. Problematic. Neither of those guys are good options as second line centers. Yep. Like Marco Rossi has to make that team. So if he and if he does, you're talking about. A teenager picked ninth overall, trying to trying to make them competitive right away. Um, you know, it's no ding against Rossi, who I'm a big fan of, but I'm not sure that he's going to be able to come in and be the savior for them. I don't think he's going to be able to elevate the rest of those guys to the point where we're worried about them as as legitimate contenders. So them moving away hurts Colorado because enter in St. Louis. The Avs can't win in St. Louis, and now they have to go on the road again. You know, now it might be different in an empty building, but it's the St. Louis team is going to be interesting. No, no Tarasenko, which isn't isn't that big of a deal because they had they haven't had him a ton anyway recently. Yeah, it hurts them obviously because when Tarasenko's at the top of his game, he's excellent. But it's been a while since that's been the case. Um, 
they still don't have that really, really high end at forward. And that was okay because they had such a crazy good defense. And on the, on the Petrangelo Pareco one, two punch, especially that they could throw at teams uh, on different pairings was spectacular. Now it's Pareco and Krug, which is a, it's a good top pairing. But you lose significantly worse defensively. And yeah. you're now behind Krug. You're now asking Vince Dunn to step up significantly, which don't get me wrong. He had a very good year last year. Yeah. But what happens when that guy gets sheltered less? They're going to find yeah. out. Well, and, and Vince Dunn and then Justin Falk, who's always been more of a power play specialist than yep. a good even strength player. And then, and then you get into the depth, you know, and the depth is just kind of iffy. Yep. And like, I like Marco Scandella. He's always been like a, just a solid, boring defensive defenseman. As a third pairing guy, he should be fine, but he's also not a third pairing guy where you're like, okay, we're going to get a lot out of this guy. You know, oh. he's their Ian Cole. He's their Ryan Graves. Like he's a solid, fine player. You're not worried about him. But if you give him too many minutes, he won't do well. And if you do, and even when he's out there, there's a cap on what your expectations are. And, and the big question, the big question with St. Louis is, they go from Jake Allen to Ville Husso. Yeah, it. I mean, the the goaltending question is obviously massive for them. Who who is Jordan Bennington really? You still don't have an answer to that. Is he the guy that he was in his first year? Or is he the yeah. guy that he was for the second half of this last season? Right, because he was bad in the postseason too. Yep. It wasn't. I, it wasn't like he had a bad December and January, and then came roaring back, and then you know they lost in the first round, and he played really well. He was bad. And this is. I want to get into this because this was talked about a lot last year, and. It's starting to come up again with the announcement of these divisions. Of St. Louis is going to beat you offensively by committee. They're going to beat you by grinding you into the dirt. Yeah, they're not going to out talent you. You know, they rely on career years from guys like David Perron. Their their highest point score was O'Reilly with sixty one points in seventy one games. They're not going to fly off the handle with points that often. Yeah. They don't have a top line that on any in any given shift is going to score on you. Right, which which the Avs absolutely do have that. Um, but this conversation that we've continually, I think, tried to kind of go against the flow of this for the Avs over this past season is that they struggle against these teams that just grind and grind and grind and muck it up and, and make it hard to play transition hockey. Yeah. But we also saw them blow out St. Louis twice at home last year. They blew out Vegas twice. Yep. In Vegas, I believe. Yep. In front of that crazy home crowd. I'm they I was there for the Christmas game. They smoked those dudes. So I I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I just don't think that that's accurate. Uh, the Avs are capable of beating anyone. The one team we saw they struggled with last year in the regular season was Dallas. And then they started a fourth string goaltender and 
took them to seven games in the playoffs. So I I don't know what to tell you. I I think the Avs talent is is fully capable of overcoming One. a fucking grind system, let alone One. being able to do it. All of this conversation is about last year's teams. True. Dallas didn't get any better. They got a year older. They've got two significant injuries that they're dealing with. They made no significant additions. Is anywhere on their roster? Did they get, did they, can you look at it and say, yep, they definitely got better here? Nope. I don't see anywhere on their roster where you look at them and you're like, oh man, that's dangerous. And it's the same old, same old for them, except they were an old team that got one year older. And, this circles back around to why we're talking about Colorado and Vegas. What did Colorado do? They went out and got better at both forward and defense. Vegas, they went out, got Alex Petrangelo. Yeah, it, Nate Schmidt on the way out, but they certainly got better at defense in that move. Uh, the other side of this, though, we'll talk about in a second, is is the rumors surrounding Vegas. But we do need to take our second period break here and let you guys know about MSU Denver Online. You can head on over there. They're a great way to either get back into school or if it's your first time going, especially in these crazy times, they have well over multiple hundred. I don't even know what the number is at this point as they keep adding classes. But you can do online or also in person, you know, as as that becomes more available, you can do any kind of a mix and match that you want, but jump on it. The spring semester starts January 19th, so now is the time to apply and register for classes. You can get all sorts of different degrees from them. They put a dynamic education at your fingertips at MSU Denver Online without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. They are the Colorado Institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. We even have a handful of us here at DNVR who took classes there. So if you have any questions, feel free to hit up myself, Ali Monroy, Harrison Wind, any of us, and we'll be happy to answer any questions for you. All right. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I want to get into the Colorado versus Vegas matchup, but before we do that, Max Pacioretty supposedly on the block for Vegas. They are currently, as we speak, over the salary cap, so they do have to dump something, but that's a big piece to move for a team that's trying to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, and I'm not not sure what... um the injury situation is with Robin Lanner. Sure. Uh, he had surgery and I know he said he would be back for the season, but if he's out for the first like couple of weeks, they might be able to sneak in under the cap. Just by cutting off enough on LTIR that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They might be able to, they might be able to, to just sneak in. Uh, Take it day by day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, as it is, though, like that's they're over the they're about a million over the cap with seven defensemen, two goalies, and twelve forwards. So, uh, even if you had Laner on on LTIR, um, you would have to. You still need a goaltender contract, yeah. and then they would need an extra forward. Certainly, cutting corners to say the least. Yeah. So it would be, you know, we'll 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 see how they manage it. 
Pacioretty is interesting um, and feels like an obvious one because he's owed $7 million for the next three years and he's 32 years old. Yep. But he's a guy who's also coming off of a 32-goal season and has been a 30-goal machine in his career. He has more years in the NHL with 30 goals than not. Yep. Was one point off of a career high last year in 71 games. So the best year of his career, at least arguably. Um, yeah, it, like right in there. But he that his 66-point season is right. The production that he had right in his prime. And I'm... I, I mean, I'm looking at this team, and are they trying to move Patch Ready because of all the other wings that they have? They have Mark Stone, they have Riley Smith, they have Marches. So, Alex, Alex Tuck is out of their top six, right? So it but does feel like they, they have some talent there, right? But they're big. They, it's definitely like Patch Ready is the obvious guy when you look at this list. Sure. He's he's the oldest. He's he's seven million dollars, and it's it's just three years left. Just three years left on that deal. But given what he does, and they don't they don't have to try and unload all seven million. They can retain a million, two million, however however much they need to, in order facil- to facilitate a deal. But but the question who's, is who's buying. Not only who's buying, we've already seen it's extremely tough to dump cap in this market. Number two, Vegas is worse if they move Max Pacioretty for futures. For a team that you go out and get Alex Petrangelo, you're not building for tomorrow. You're trying to win right now. Yeah. And what you get in return for Pacioretty simply dumping his cap feels like a tough sell to me for a team in Vegas's situation. Well, just looking at the league right now, the biggest question for me is who's buying because yeah. that that cap that cap hit the there are 16 teams in the NHL right now with under 2 million dollars of cap space. And there 13 of those teams have less than a million. I mean, none of those ten of those teams are already over the cap. So even if Vegas fully retained, none of those teams could take on Pacioretty without also sending money back. Right. There has to be major money moving on both sides, which sort of defeats some of the purpose of what they're doing. Yeah. The problem is, is that they they can't just go futures because then that's a huge ding. Right. Now they have a now they have a you know Alex Tuck is fine. He'll move into the top six. But that that makes their bottom six worse, and they still don't have an answer at second line center. Yep. So now now they're taking the strength of their team and they're they're making it worse without getting any better anywhere. That's a that's a for a cup a team that's trying to win a cup right now, and they've definitely signaled that this for the future stuff is not for them right now. They want to win with this group. They. Good luck. I mean, it's it's not it's not easy for them to. This is what Colorado did so well this offseason, right? Is they got better at every position, or at least at forward and defense. They didn't get worse at goalie, certainly. Yeah, they. This was their big difference. It, they they got marginally better defensively. Vegas did 
with Petrangelo but losing Schmidt and getting nothing in return. They don't have the Petrangelo move in their back pocket with this if they move Pacioretty. Yep. Because that's the only you know, we talk about the Petrangelo move and we're like, look, it's a, he's a great get. He's a great player today. We don't know how that contract will age, but whatever. You had a chance to go get Alex Petrangelo. They went and they got it done. They're better today, but as a result, had to give away Nate Schmidt for free. And if it turns out they have to give away Pacioretty too, right? that's where things start to fall apart quickly. Right. And where are they going to, who's buying on, on a 32 year old wing, 7 million on his contract for the next three years? Yeah. That, I don't um, know if anybody is, to be honest. You know, like the 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 one suggestion chat made here a minute ago was Boston would make some sense, but Boston has problems of their own. Man, you Boston starts to look real old if they add Pacioretty to that lineup in the top six. Yeah, well, and they have. It's not like they're flush with cap space. They're under three million. Yeah, they would have to move some of the money. They would have to move money in return. And it, it, you know, I'm not going to say it doesn't make them better, but not knowing the framework of the deal, it's fair to wonder how much better it does. It will make them like the problem, the problem. And, and if they want to move a March or so or a Smith, those guys just aren't as good. They're cheaper and they're younger, but they're also worse. Yeah. So, you know, that you're, you're in a position, you know, in a, a March or so has got four years left on his deal. And coming off a 47 point season, he's been a he's been a 20 goal guy for the last four years since his big breakout. But like the player is fine, but again, you're talking about how much better is a team getting if they go out and they're like, okay, we got Jonathan March or so. And they would have to do it in a manner in which they don't give very much up in return for it to make sense. Yeah, it, I just don't see how Vegas can move Pacioretty and, and it end up being a good trade for Vegas. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah. And um, they're in a tough spot because the cap just kind of crushed everybody. You know, you look at Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is going to have to give away players. Yeah. I would line up, I would line up for any of Andre Pilat, Tyler Johnson, Alex Kalorn before I go and mess with Max Pacioretty. There are arguably better players and certainly cheaper and younger players that teams are going to be, like you said, essentially giving away. That's the, the appeal of the Tampa Bay guys is that they're all younger and cheaper. Yep. Pacioretty's better than all of them, but at 32 years old, you're playing with fire. Yep. You're daring father time to crush you. If you want to take that chance and, and you know, maybe he gives you 30 goals each of those years and, you know, it's it ends up being totally worth it to take that chance, then great. But if it doesn't, you're in trouble. You're in real trouble. Like yep. that's a flat cap, $7 million contract. If the As guy dead falls weight, off the cliff, yeah, it's, no good. it needs to be it needs to be a graceful decline for it to be worth it. It can't be hitting the wall and then he's just done. Yep, 
which is what we see with so many of these guys. They hit that wall and then it's just over. Yeah, they, They're yeah. no longer effective. Once you don't have it, you just don't have it, it seems. Yeah. But. So, and that's, that's the, again, that's the strength of their team. Their wings are excellent. Yep. Vegas has great wings up and down their lineup. But unless Cody Glass breaks out at 2C, that's their big question mark. And then. If Leonard, if depending on Leonard's injury, we're just, I'm not entirely sure. Maybe he misses no time. And Flurry is limited in how much he plays. Which Flurry are they going to get? He's been on a decline three years in a row. And that's, that was after he was on a pretty decent, a pretty steady decline in Pittsburgh. That when his first year in Vegas kind of was his big, big bounce back year. And then his second, the second year was, uh, and then the third year was, oh man, he may not be good anymore. Yeah. Like he may, he, he just, it might be time's up. Right. And it's not like you can make any of the excuses for that dude that you can for that, that people have been making for Lundquist or Jonathan quick where it's like, oh, well that guy just. He's behind a bad team. I bet he'd be great somewhere else. Flurry's been behind only good teams basically his whole career. Yeah. A, an always contending Pittsburgh team. And then now a Vegas team that has never missed the playoffs. So, yeah. So this is. They're in an interesting spot, man. That's the Vegas is they're going to be interesting. We didn't get it. We didn't get too in depth into it today, so I think we could probably just push it to tomorrow. Yeah, we'll talk because about how Colorado and Vegas specifically match up is going to be fascinating. Yep. And given that they, we we don't know the schedule yet, but if they end up playing each other seven times this year, and then they have to roll into the postseason against each other and play each other potentially seven more times, yeah, it's going to be a duel for sure. Yeah. We're gonna have a pretty good feeling by yeah. the end of that. How uh which team had the upper hand? For sure. It we'll probably dive into the specific matchups of, of lines versus lines, players versus players tomorrow. Uh, but we are gonna get out of here for today. Thank you everyone for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We appreciate all y'all every single day. Uh five days a week. We're here. We finally have some hockey news to talk about, so that's exciting. If you haven't tuned in a while, uh, get ready because hockey may be just about a month away. So here's hoping, and you know we'll have season previews the whole nine over the next month or so if that is the case. So if not the podcast, maybe consider subscribing to the DNVR.com. Of course, we have tons of other video content, written content, all sorts of stuff for you. Uh, appreciate all y'all. And we are going to say goodbye until tomorrow. We'll talk to y'all later.